Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, AJ Hogue, where AJ's more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's AJ with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. Hi, I'm AJ Hogue, the author of Effortless English. Learn to speak English like a native. Join my VIP program. Think in English. Speak English fluently. Speak English powerfully. Join my VIP program today at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. EffortlessEnglishClub.com. It's a very windy day today. You're going to hear some wind noise probably. I'm outside. It's windy. I think we're supposed to have a storm coming today. Possibly some rain. We've got dark clouds. Looking in the distance, it does look like there might be some rain in the distance. So I'm going to get started now so I can get home before I get wet. You know, looking in my own life, I'm starting to realize that consistency, consistency, consistency. Another way to put it would be habit is very, very powerful. And a good rule of thumb is that anything that is important to you, really important to you, you should do it, take care of it, practice it every single day, every day, every day. A rule of thumb is a general rule. It means it's a rule that's usually good. It works in most situations. Maybe not all, maybe not 100%, but in most situations, this rule works. And so, this is my rule of thumb. The rule of thumb is that every day, doing something every day. I'll give you an example of this. Strength training or just exercise in general. If you get into exercise, any kind of, it doesn't matter what kind, endurance exercise, like long distance running and biking, whatever, uh, strength exercises, lifting weights, body weight, whatever, specific sports, all of that stuff, you will find it, is, it can be a very complicated topic. And for people who are more advanced and really trying to get the highest performance possible, there can be many different training schedules that are recommended. I mean, for weightlifting and strength training, it's a good example. There's so, 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 so many uh, philosophies and schedules and how many days a week do you lift and how heavy and how many repetitions and how much weight and which exercises. And it depends if you're a bodybuilder or a power lifter or Olympic weightlifting or just general strength for fitness. You know, I mean, there, are, there are a huge number of websites and books about this. It can get very complicated. But we're talking about a rule of thumb here. And like I said, there are exceptions. For people who are very serious, who are looking at these things in a more advanced way, looking for the highest possible performance, well, then maybe this rule of thumb is not the very best. But I think for most people, in almost all cases, my rule of thumb is the best, which is do it every single day. Do it every single day. This is also true for running. And I... 
I used to be a little more serious about running, trying to improve my times and do marathons, that kind of stuff. And again, with running schedules, there are many different ones and, you know, run four days a week, run five, run six days a week, whatever. There different amounts, different intensities. But I think that for most people who are just looking for fitness, just to be good, you know, have a good level of fitness, a good level of strength, a good level of uh, endurance, a good level of you know, energy. I think the very best, the very best thing is to do it every single day. Every single day with no exceptions. You know, unless you're traveling or some special thing. But in most, most of the time, every day, every day, every day. Now, it does not mean, you know, every day you don't have to do it exactly the same. You might do an easy day one day and the next day is more difficult. And you maybe alternate easy, hard, easy, hard. But I find just in general that this, there's something about doing it every day. And I think what it is, is is mental. It's mental. It's psychological. It's the discipline of doing it every single day is the strongest way to build a very, very good habit. So, for example, I've tried for myself. I'm not, I'm not very good for strength training. I don't have big, strong muscles. But I found that what has worked best for me over my in different parts of my life is to do some kind of a little bit of moderate strength training every day. So, I'll do push-ups, pull-ups, some easy squats with like a sandbag or something. Sometimes I'll do some fairly easy deadlifts. And then I also walk. I walk every day. And sometimes I'll sometimes I'll vary which thing I'm doing each day, right? I might do I might not do every single exercise every day. And some days maybe I'll focus more on the walking, rucking or jogging even. But I'm doing something every single day. I don't have a rest day. A rest day for me is just an easy day. Where maybe on a rest day, I just go for a walk for an hour. And that's my rest day. But I'm still exercising every single day. It's an every single day habit. And that seems to develop a much better physical and mental discipline. And gets much, much better results over long periods of time than trying to work out something where, okay, I'm going to exercise three days a week and, you know, go really hard on those days and then the other days I'll have rest. The problem is with the rest days, then it becomes easy. Then, oh, I think I'll rest another day. And I don't, there's a kind of an inconsistency there. For serious athletes, it's not a problem. But for most people, I think it just works better every single day if something's important to you. This is also true of your most important relationships. You should have some kind of contact, some kind of positive communication. Ideally, every single day, and by that I mean your closest, you know, like your husband, wife, and children. Maybe even parents. My wife talks to her parents every single day. She talks to both her sisters every single day. As a result, they are very, very, very close. You know, I guess they were close when they were kids. But then they maintain that by keeping that daily contact 
with each other. You know, it might just be short some days, but by doing it every single day, they have remained very, very, very close. They have a very strong, close family, very, very strong, positive, close relationships. I very much admire that. It's fantastic. Every day, there's something about every day that gives extra power to whatever you're doing. Even if, even if some days you're not doing your best, and even if most days you're not doing your best, just doing it every day is better than doing it a few times with all effort, 100% effort, but then other days you're doing nothing. In general, I find that the consistency is the first thing you should focus on. After that, you can focus a little more on the the quality each time. You know this too from English. Absolutely, with effortless English, do it every single day. Even if some days you're a little tired and your concentration's not the best, it, just still do it every single day. Every single day. That's why I say every day. Every day. Don't take a break. No, no break days. No days off. None. None, none, none. Now, some days you might want to go a little easier. Maybe some days you just listen to the podcast. And, you know, if you really want an easy day and a break, you listen to the show and you don't do a lesson that day. That would be the worst situation, but you're still at least doing something with English every day. Or you even better would be you, even though you're not motivated, even though you're tired, whatever, you still listen to those lessons at least once per day. I, I prefer two times a day, two hours a day, but hey, one hour is better than nothing. Just do something every single day. Every day. If it's important to you, if it's really, really meaningful and important to you, do it every day. Now maybe you guessed This is why I'm podcasting every day now This is why I'm doing this show every day Because I decided Number one, I want to be better at it I want to improve my Ability As a As a As as your host, as your teacher, as your coach And because you are very, very important to me, Effortless English and the Effortless English family, very, very important to me. And I just kept thinking, well, if it's so important, I should do it every day. I should do it every day. And for a while, I resisted this idea, right? Because I thought it just sounded very difficult. What am I going to talk about every single day? Every day. Oh, my God. Ah, You know, sometimes it's hard to think of a topic or something. But I just finally, I just said, okay, I'm going to do it every day. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to do it every day and see what happens. And do my best. We'll see. And in the beginning, I did indeed struggle a bit. Sometimes I was struggling. What do I talk about? Ah. But something interesting happens. Doing it every single day, it has become easier and easier and easier. Right? I'm getting better and better and better. It's easier and easier and easier. It's becoming more and more and more effortless because now it is just a habit. It is a daily good habit, just part of my life now. So now it's much easier each day. I just, well, grab the recorder, write down some topics, and start talking. In the beginning for a while, I was kind of, oh, I had to think a long time for topics. What do I do? But now what I found is because I'm doing it every day, 
it's kind of like that natural education I talked about. Well, it's the same thing as I'm talking, is that one topic will connect to something else. It's just like I was talking about with that natural curiosity and following that natural curiosity. How that is what real learning is about and how what that's what motivates natural learning. Well, it's the same thing. When I'm talking to you, I'm just following my own curiosity. That's all I'm doing. How do I choose topics? I choose topics that are interesting to me, that I'm curious, either I'm curious about them, I'm interested in them, uh, they're connected to my life somehow, or I have experience with them. Right? These, these, this is how I choose topics. And what I find is that when I, I start talking about one topic and then that connects then to something else I'm interested in and then that connects to something else and that connects to something else and then that sometimes you'll give a, I'll get a comment from you and then that'll re- give me another topic and that'll connect to something else another and they just keep connecting, right? It's all connected and we just keep following all the connections. That's what I do. And I, because I'm doing it every single day, every single day, it has become easier and easier and easier and more and more and more natural. Every day, every day, every day. You know, for this reason too, I think that when you are homeschooling your children, do it every single day. No days off. No days off. But, of course, you can have easy days or short days. Maybe on the, maybe on the weekends you only do an hour a day. But, and it may, maybe you, you do just reading. Let's read some books. They don't even they won't even realize it's school. If you don't call it school, if you don't say, "Now we must sit down and do our lessons." If you don't do that, if you just say, "Hey, let's you know, every day we have an hour of reading time or 30 minutes of reading time, whatever, depends on their age, obviously. If they're older, an hour or more. If they're young, maybe less. But just reading time becomes part of your daily life every single day. And they're reading books that they choose that they like ah, then it's it'll just be a daily habit they won't they're not going to think that oh this is school and this is study not nah, it's just going to be a enjoyable part of their daily life reading just becomes a daily habit what a gift you give to them that's the, the most the most powerful and the best thing you could do for them as their coach and teacher and parent in terms of education in terms of education just create this daily habit that's all a positive daily habit every single day so I encourage you to do this by the way if something's important to you if financial freedom is important to you work on it every single day if your children are important to you teach them every day spend time a lot of time with them every day play with them every day your most important relationships English, of course, exercise, whatever it is. Identify the things that are most important and figure out a way to do them every day. Every day with no exception. On, I think it was Gab, gab gab.ai, follow me, AJ Hogue, Gab on Gab. On Gab, someone mentioned Q. AJ, please continue to do the Q updates. So, okay, I'll give you a Q update. A lot of the recent Q stuff 
It's very specific about the political things happening in the United States right now. It's a little complicated. There's a lot of it's about some of the legal stuff that's happening. So I don't talk about that stuff too much because it's very, very, very specific to uh, what's happening in American politics. But I will just give you a, a big picture, a very general idea of a lot of the big main ideas that have come from Q. And I'll talk about which ones have some support, some evidence, and what it is. And, of course, as always, we're not 100% sure. There's a lot of areas where we just don't know. So we have to use our favorite tactic, our favorite strategy, wait and see. The big picture that Q has given us. I think the the most disturbing, the most uh, horrible part has been child trafficking. That children are being kidnapped, stolen, and brought into different countries. And this is international. And that they are then used by the rich, the powerful for, you know, they're molesting them basically, you know, sexual, evil sexual stuff. We're talking uh, young children. It's pretty awful. Pretty terrible. This You can call this pedophilia is one n- name for this. There's people who do this kind of stuff to children. Child molesters, that kind of thing. But that is a that it is huge. Right? We've we've always heard about this kind of thing. But what Q is saying is this is huge, huge, huge worldwide, and that it's international. And the idea is that currently, certain groups within the U.S. government, mostly military, and the Trump administration, are slowly and targeting this and trying to shut it all down. But the connections to this are in Hollywood, in Washington, D.C., and the media and the church. They are all involved in this in a big way. And the reason is, is that this is used by the truly powerful, because the politicians are not the truly powerful. It's the people who own the politicians, the big banking families and groups. They're the ones with the real power. And that what they do is they use this, this all this horrible stuff with the children and other things too. And they use it for blackmail. They use it for control. That they offer people positions of power and money and fame and all of this. But they have to do these bad things first. And when they do these bad things... They, they collect evidence, maybe video, pictures, whatever, or just witnesses. And then after that, they're controlled. After that, these people, they put them into powerful positions and they give them influence and the media supports them and they, they help their businesses succeed. They help their careers succeed. Because now they're controlled. Now the, ones at the guys at the top, the big money people, control them because if these people go against them they'll expose what they're doing so they've got this fear and of course most of these people choose to do this it's it's, they're allowing this to happen because they want money power and fame and what we're starting to see is this is this goes all through Hollywood for example all through Hollywood it's coming out more and more 
More and more cases and evidence, more and more witnesses coming out who said this was done to them. Kind of horrible. And also politicians. A lot of famous cases of politicians in the United States and in the UK and also celebrities starting to realize it's not just a few people it's big just recently came out that in just one state just one state in the United States that the church had molested over 1,000 children a thousand children and this involved hundreds of priests hundreds of them and the church covered it up and hid it every time someone complained they would do their best to hide it they would move the priests somewhere else instead of just getting rid of them and of course they move them somewhere else i'm sure they're doing it wherever they go next and uh, you know these scandals keep coming out again and again and again and again it, of course we know it's not just this one state because i just read also in chile they're doing exactly the same exactly the same with the church they're finding exactly the same they're investigating it now it goes all the way through the church is what q's saying it goes all the way through the politicians. It goes all the way through all these Hollywood stars and big, powerful producers and directors. And Q keeps saying it's going to come out more and more and we're going to be shocked. You're going to be shocked because the people you trusted, the people you thought were so wonderful because the media makes them seem like they're such wonderful people, you're going to find out that they're horrible people. And be prepared. Be prepared. Okay, so that's what Q's saying. What kind of evidence have we seen so far? Well, I mentioned the thing with the church. That's pretty clear. That's been going on for many years, and it keeps coming out. And it's, it's quite obvious at this point. It's big, big, big. And then it goes all the way to the top. And then all the way at the top, they're hiding this, which is just evil. Terrible and evil. We've seen uh, a lot of scandals, like the, the, the leader of the House of Representatives in the United States a few years back was arrested for exactly this, molesting children. But see, they protect these people. He was convicted, found guilty, he had to leave, he lost his job in Congress, but he, I, I can't remember, but he didn't go to jail very long or even might have avoided jail, so, which is terrible, terrible. The other thing that is happening that the big lying media w will not talk about. You will not see it on the BBC. You will not see it on CNN or NBC or any of them or any of the big newspapers. But it is happening, which is there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people being arrested in the United States for child pornography, for child trafficking. Thousands and thousands. It's, it's it's a huge number. Very, very, very unusual. It would seem. It would. Why isn't this huge big news? Why isn't this news? Why aren't the news stations talking about this? You think they would talk about this? This seems like a, such a gigantic story. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people being arrested all around the country for, uh, you know, kidnapping children, uh, doing horrible things to them. And yet, nothing. Very, very unusual. Unless you realize that, of course, the big corporate media, the lying media, 
is involved also. They're also involved. So they're hiding it. They don't want it to come out. They don't want people to know about it. This is also, I think, why they're doing so much censorship online because it's coming out online. It's small blogs, small news sites, independent people who are talking about this, who are showing the evidence, who are talking about all the arrests and the all the unusual, you know, just the unusually huge number of arrests for these kinds of crimes. And these are statistics that come from police departments and the FBI and the U.S. government. So it's good strong evidence that something's happening if that many people are being arrested it must be big why are they not talking about it in the big media because they're lying because they are involved because they are also <laughs> involved in this and they do not want it to come out we'll see according to Q it's going to come out. According to Q, what they're doing is they're arresting the low-level people first. Then they pressure the low-level people to get more information. Then they go after the middle people. And then they pressure them and scare them and get information from them. And then they go for the people at the top. This is basically, it's exactly what they do in other criminal cases, right? That's how they go attack the mafia. Right? They get the low-level guys for some crimes. They get the, the low-level guys to, right, to give information about the, the ones above them. And they just keep going up, up, up until they take down the whole organization. That's the strategy that Q says. Q says they're using this strategy. And at least that does fit the evidence. It does fit the evidence of these thousands and thousands and thousands of arrests being made on these kinds of crimes. And it also fits, the evidence fits that the media is involved in this and that's why they won't cover it. Because otherwise it seems like, well, this would be a really big story, an emotional story, right? It would get a huge number of readers. It would get a lot of attention. Seems like from the business side, just looking at business and money, they would want to talk about this. It would give them a lot of ratings. A lot of people would read about this and be super interested in it. Upset, of course, too. So why are they hiding it? Well, I, I think what Q's saying is that they are involved. Probably true. We see this in England where investigators have found that the BBC has a lot of connections. A lot of people involved in the, in the BBC are involved in pedophilia and about doing molesting children doing terrible things pretty horrible and also you know connections of people in the the British different police forces in in England in the UK I should say the whole UK trying to cover this up protecting the child molesters protecting the kidnappers protecting the rapists horrible and people higher up in the government too not just the police forces so you start digging you start to realize yeah there's some decent evidence behind all of this I'm pretty convinced I'm, I'm quite convinced myself personally that it is very deep in Hollywood Hollywood d doesn't even try to hide it very much I don't know if you're you know but there's a famous case of Roman Polanski he's a, a director who he raped a 13-year-old girl, got uh, drugged her, and then raped her. And he got convicted 
And then he fled the country. He left. He, he ran away from the United States because he was afraid of going to jail. And almost every single big Hollywood star supports him and applauds him. None of them will come out or very few of them will come out and say anything negative against him. They gave him a big award at the Oscars and they all stood up. Meryl Streep and Jack Nicholson and all of them, they stood up in a big standing ovation, it's called. The clapping for this rapist, this child rapist. Disgusting. And then recently, this guy, James Gunn, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy, was writing all this stuff about... Uh, doing terrible stuff to kids, sexual stuff to children, including his own children. He says, oh, I'm just joking. You know, what kind of sick person jokes about that? And then Disney fired him. And all the stars, all of the stars of his movies and lots of other Hollywood people, again, came out supporting him, saying Disney should not fire him. Just, uh, I think, about a week ago, a video came out with this director, James Gunn, in it, where he's in, I guess it's his house, he's in a house, and somebody's videotaping him, and again, he's pretending like he's going to go into a bedroom and rape a small child. So, again, what a disgusting human being. And again, all these Hollywood people supporting him, supporting him. Right? They're censoring people who are just patriotic or whose politics they don't like they're blocking them but this guy and people like him oh they're wonderful they clap they give him a big career they give him movies they defend them I think you're going to find don't my best advice for this from based on all of this of course you have to wait and see we don't know yet you know this is this is this is what we have so far this is the situation. This is what we know so far. We also know that someone working for the, the Clintons, the, you know, Bill and Hillary Clinton, we know that their charity is connected to Haiti, the country of Haiti, and that one of their top workers in Haiti was arrested for child kidnapping. Kidnapping children, trying to bring them into the United States. Illegally kidnapping them, taking them. Some of them possibly even had parents. And what happened? Bill Clinton came and came to her rescue and used all his power to get her, you know, safe so they would drop the charges. And we see this happen a lot too, where these people get protected by the big and powerful. So again, there's a lot, lot more. You have to research a lot of this yourself and find the evidence. But my main point of advice is this if you don't want to be completely shocked don't do not look to any Hollywood type person as a hero okay I don't care how wonderful they seem you don't know right the media lies 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 and the celebrity media especially lies okay these people are they have Lots of professionals, and their job is just to make them look good in the media, right? Make me look like I'm a good family man. Make me look like I'm a really honest guy. Make me look like I'm wonderful. 
Like, I really care about people. Right? That's why they give all these speeches and stuff, kind of socialist-type speeches. But if you look at their life, I mean, these are rich, greedy people with huge egos. If you just dig in a little bit, you see their behavior is not so wonderful. It's kind of like that guy, what, Leonardo DiCaprio. He likes to lecture and criticize everybody about global warming, but he flies around on private jets all the time. This, okay, this, don't look to this guy as a hero. He's not a hero. If you look into his life and what he's really like, he's a selfish, disgusting human being. And most of them probably are. There might be a few who aren't, but again, these are not heroes. What, what have they done to deserve this kind of respect? Nothing. What, they pretend to be somebody else. That's all they do. And see, the problem is our simple brains, our emotional part of our brains, we can't help it. This is kind of human psychology. You go, you look at a movie on this big screen, and you see this heroic story, and the character, the character is so heroic and wonderful, and you have all these good, positive emotions about the character, but the character is played by an actor. So you're looking at this person's face during the whole movie, and you're feeling all these good feelings, so you connect the good feelings to their face, to who they, to them right your brain is tricked that there's like part of it is real not realizing it's just pretend it's completely pretend that that person who's pretending to be big and strong and tough is actually a weak terrible person but it's hard for, it's hard because you've seen them in so many movies where you know let's say Tom Hanks or he always plays this good guy and he's just this good everyday guy and he's such a good family guy and you see him again and again and again and again in these kind of movies like Apollo 13 and you just start to connect it and of course the publicity and the the media they also try to do this so when he's giving interviews of course he's very careful when he's on talk shows and he he gives good answers to make himself sound like a good just a good guy just a good regular guy a family man it's all an illusion it's pretend this is what they do they're professional liars Maybe he's a good guy and maybe he's not. The point is, we have no idea. What we do know is, what has he really done in life that he should be a hero, that you should look up to him for being somehow wonderful or better? Nothing. He's just pretended in front of a camera. They gave him a script and he, he says what they tell him to say and he does it with fake emotion. That's all he does. That's his great skill in life. That's nothing to admire. Meanwhile, in your own life, there are probably several people who really deserve respect, who quietly do good things, who quietly support and help people. I mean, I would say just the what I see on our own social media for the Effortless English family is more good and genuine caring than anything I've ever seen from these fake Hollywood people. With them, it's always an act. With you, I can, I can tell. It's sincere. It's real. You get no gain. For them, it's their career, right? Pretending is their career. And the more they pretend, the more money they get, the more fame they get, the more power they get. And look, when you're around long enough, <laughs> you see it. 
you know, meaning when you're old enough, you start to see again and again and again the same kind of stories. Someone you thought, oh, they, they presented them as so wonderful, and then it comes out some dirty secret about their life. Kevin Spacey's a recent example, right? People used to say, oh, what a great guy, so great, and then, oh, oh no, actually he molested a young boy. Whoops. <laughs> Not so great. <laughs> The media wants to give us fake heroes. I guess that's my point. The Q stuff, I, you know, again, we have to wait and see. Wait and see. Wait and see. We don't know. It's interesting. There is some evidence supporting some of the things Q says. He certainly brings out things that you can find are true that the big media won't talk about. I think that's one of the huge benefits of Q. But, you know, some of the bigger stuff of the predictions, what's going to happen, we don't know. I have no idea. You don't know. No, nobody knows. For that, it's just wait and see. I, you know, I just keep my mind open. Maybe yes, maybe no, maybe some of it. Who knows? But I think one practical thing is choose your heroes carefully. And especially... An actor, oh, don't make an actor your hero. Just remember what actor is. Professional pretender. That's what they are. That's all they are. That's the only skill they have. They are super, super good at pretending to be someone else. At pretending to be someone they are not. So you should be very suspicious of them. That's their job. They are paid a lot of money to do that because they're so good at it. They practice and practice and practice these skills to be excellent at that, pretending to be what they are not. So when they start pretending to be this super caring person or this great political activist or whatever, you should be very suspicious. Very, very suspicious. Because, you know, I know everything I read about Hollywood, the stuff that really happens in these people's private lives it's it's a bunch of horrible stuff it's drugs and disgusting behavior and huge egos and it's all a big pretend lie just like the movies right you look behind it and you find out it's all fake so just be careful you know look to your own life to people it's you can't judge in the media you have no idea even someone like Tony Robbins who I like quite a bit I like what he teaches I like what he says I think he you know he's a nice role model for public speaking and teaching and coaching and several things but I'm also not going to worship him because again I've never met him so you know I don't know a hundred percent what he's really like it seems like you know from what he directly says and teaches and he seems like a really good guy and I, I appreciate all his teachings just like there are many writers who write great books and I love what they they do and but uh, you know I'm not gonna worship him or someone else and yeah I realize that I, 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 I value these things about them but you know, I don't really know them. And even you with me, I, I, love the, I love all the appreciation I get and it's wonderful, but that's why I always say trust yourself. Trust yourself. Trust yourself first. 
not some celebrity, not the news, and not me either. Again, I, I hope you get value from what I'm, I say and hope you, most of all, first of all, that you learn to speak English fluently. Absolutely. And then two, that you get value from the ideas and strategies I share to help you be, uh, uh, live more successfully and be happier. 100%, I hope that. All I can do, I'm just providing my ideas and suggestions, and you're the master. You have to do it yourself, and you're going to decide. I say a lot of stuff. All of it won't be useful for you. That's why I talk about a lot of topics and strategies, because some will be useful for you, some, will, uh, some other ones will be useful for someone else, right? That's, that's great. I, I don't want you just 100% accept everything from me without thinking. Of course not. You got to compare it to your life, your situation, and then you use what's useful for you. I'm just offering you a buffet and you choose what's going to be useful for you. Okay. <laughs> Let's get back to our topic of freedom. Freedom. What is freedom? When we talk about financial freedom, we talk about any kind of freedom. Freedom really means choice, right? To live as you choose. If you can't live as you choose, you're not very free. And I have connected again and again and again. I keep saying things like, you know, self-discipline gives you freedom. You get freedom from self-discipline. Let's think about how that works. What if you have no self-discipline? You have no, no, you can't control your mind. You can't control yourself. You don't have any self-discipline. What that means is you, you have no choice. You have no real conscious choice in your life, right? You're a slave to your emotions. You're a slave to your changing feelings and changing thoughts every moment. You're a slave to your addictions. It means you're not really free. Right? You're slave to your fear or your greed or whatever. That means no freedom, right? Because think about it. Let's say you know, you're, you're a smart person, so you think, you, you see some area in your life, you, you realize, you see and you understand and you realize that you need to do something. Oh, Doing this would be best. Doing this would give me the most happiness. Doing this would give me the most success. Doing this would be best for me. Clearly. 100%. But, if you have no self-discipline, then you don't do it. You, f you, you, you find yourself, you have this idea in your head, I should do this. I know this is good. I know this is right. I know this is best. But then you don't do it. You don't do it. Why not? Because you don't have the self-discipline. You, you don't have the self-discipline. Therefore, you're not really free, are you? I mean, think about it. Let's say you're uh, addicted to sugar and junk food and you're getting really fat. Well, you see, you know, you're smart. You see clearly this is bad for me. I shouldn't eat that. I should eat this other stuff. But then you don't do it. You, 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 ha you know this, you make this decision in your mind, but then the next day, uh, you're hungry and uh, you just eat a bunch of sugar and garbage again. And this day after day after day, 
how are you free? In what way are you free? You're not free, right? You're, you're a slave to your addiction or desire for junk food. You really have no freedom. You're in a prison because you don't have the self-discipline to do what you know is right and good. No self-discipline equals no freedom. On the other hand, what if you develop more self-discipline? If you develop more self-discipline, then you make, a, you make a decision, you make a choice in your life. And then, of course, what happens next? Well, you say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start eating healthy from now on. And then the next day comes, and it's time to eat. And then all these same desires for bad food, all your, your cravings for sugar and junk, they all come back up again. But now you start working on your self-discipline, and you start forcing yourself, ah, no, I'm going to use my self-discipline, right? You've got more self-discipline, and so you eat healthier, maybe just a little healthier in the beginning. But still, you're developing that self-discipline, making it stronger. Now you're making a better choice. And really, it's not really a better choice. You already made the choice. The problem is, before, you knew the right choice, but you just wouldn't do it because you were undisciplined. You had no control over your own mind. Now, as you gain more control, you actually start to do those things that you know are correct, that are best. And as you do this more and more, as your discipline becomes stronger and stronger, you start doing what you decide to do more and more and more and more. Now you're getting real choice. That's real choice. That's real freedom. See, real freedom isn't just you you can do it. Real freedom is that you do it. Right? You decide this is best. This is what I want to do. And then you do it. Right? You have the freedom to eat healthy food in a general way, right? It's, it's always there a choice. But then if you don't do it, you're not, you're still not very free, are you? And what you can see is this battle to become free. It's, it's in your own mind. Ultimately, finally, it's a battle with your own mind. Your own cravings and desires and emotions. Because, you know, you're intelligent, I'm intelligent. Uh, most of the time in life... We, we, we understand things and we, we, we see, we know what the right thing to do is or, the, or a, at least a better thing to do is, a better choice. And we'll decide, yes, this is the better choice and then we don't do it. Not because someone's holding us and stopping us. Nope, it's, it's our own weakness, our own lack of self-discipline, mental discipline. That's what stops us. We become slaves to emotions and desires and addictions and fears, right? So the battle is always in our own mind. And it is a very, very, very tough battle. It is the most difficult battle. The toughest battle in life is with your own mind. We often think it's the external things that are so tough in life. It's not. It's the battle against our own greed. It's the battle against our desire for quick pleasure instead of what we know is going to give us longer-term happiness. It's the battle versus our fear, 
right? You know that you should uh, develop assets and gain financial freedom. It, it's very logical and clear that that is a happier, better path. And yet, how many will do it? Most won't do it because of the fear or the worry or the unknown, whatever, because they can't win the battle in their own minds to take the first few steps. Laziness. Sometimes it's laziness we're trying to battle in our minds, right? You know you should exercise, but then, uh, I don't feel like it today. Uh, again. Our smart, the smart part of our brain, our highest self, lacks self-discipline. To it's tough. It's okay if it's tough. It's tough for everybody. It is tough, tough, tough for me. This battle against laziness and fear and all these things. It is hard. So how can we do it? How can we do it? What are at least, how do we get started with it? Let's put it that way. How do we start to win this battle for self-discipline, for disciplining our own minds? Again, in this book I'm reading, it's a great quote. I want to mention it really quickly. This is, as a fish hooked and left on the sand thrashes about in agony, the mind being trained in meditation trembles all over. All right, what does that mean? It's saying, you know, if you imagine someone, you're catching, you're fishing, you're fishing at a lake and you catch a fish and it's still alive and you throw it on the ground. What does it do? It flops around, right? It, it shakes around and jumps around, right? Because it's in pain, it's dying. It's out of the water. So it's just uncontrolled, flapping around, right? Moving around really wildly. And what this is saying is that when you try to train your mind, to discipline your mind with meditation or really with anything, that your mind is like that fish. That it, when you start to try to control your mind and, ha and discipline your mind, it will react and just start going crazy. <laughs> How true that is. <laughs> this is why it's so hard. Uh, yeah, I did a few... A few days ago, I did the show and I gave. Uh, I talked about meditation. I've done a few shows about meditation, and I keep mentioning how it seems simple, but when you do it, like it seems like your mind starts going crazy. Well, it's exactly this quote I was saying. It's it's kind of like there's some part of your mind that resists the self-discipline, and especially in the beginning, it's really hard because as you try to discipline your mind, it just seems to become even more undisciplined and go it just starts going crazy and all these crazy random thoughts and emotions start coming up and distracting you constantly and ooh, it's a big fight it's a big battle it's hard but if you think about it it's a little bit like somebody who's in terrible physical shape who's just let themselves become really 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 uh, you know fat and lazy and weak and for them Starting to exercise feels just as horrible. This is difficult. Just to go for a walk for 20 minutes feels like, oh my God. You know, my, my mom's like that, honestly. 
to her, a 20 minute walk is, is like going for, is the way I think about, you know, going for a, I don't know, a 15 mile run. It just seems for her now, because she's let herself get be in such terrible shape, such terrible fitness for so, so, so long. No, no, no discipline in this area of her life that even just this, the, the, the tiniest se- seemingly easy thing for her feels just incredibly incredibly tough well that's quite, kind of what it is with our minds when we've gone for decades you know years and years and years and years and years and years tens of years without trying to discipline our minds in any way when we finally do start whoo it's tough in the beginning just like it. when you ex- start exercising and you've never done it before, yeah, it's tough. You're pain, it's, you're sore, all your muscles hurt, you're exhausted. It's hard in the beginning. So what can we do with our minds to get this real freedom where we are making decisions and then doing them so that we really are living as we choose, not controlled by anything outside, but also not controlled by all these crazy emotions well once one method one technique to do this to get better self-discipline and to do what you know is right is just to take action and keep going take the first few steps just take the first few steps focus all your attention on the action part and just let the crazy emotions and thoughts come and go it doesn't matter you, you you don't you don't you don't try to control them you don't try to get rid of them they they are going to still come but you just do it anyway yeah public speaking is a good example of that when i first started learning to do public speaking i in the first several speeches i gave i was f- fearful super 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 nervous and shaking and horrible horrible and I just did it anyway. I, I, all those horrible feelings came up, right? And I just gave the speech anyway, and were, they were terrible speeches, I'm sure. But I just focused on the action. I'm doing it anyway. I'm just going to do it. And as I kept taking action and taking those steps, it, it actually did just the action. Doing what I had decided to do, which was become good at public speaking, just taking those actions, taking the first few steps, the fear started to reduce a little bit, getting a little experience, the craziness, at least the crazy fears started to, to drop. And then each step helped more and more and more. So that's one thing. You just focus on the actions and you do the actions anyway. Don't expect to feel good. Just expect you're going to feel terrible. Just expect you're going to be afraid. Just expect you're going to be worrying all the time. Just expect you're going to feel lazy and just do it anyway. Don't don't expect that you're going to feel strong and confident and fantastic when you start. You probably won't. Doesn't matter. Start anyway the action have that faith and just take the action anyway and let all those crazy thoughts and feelings come and let them go the second method we can 
use to discipline our minds probably the best method but it's tough is meditation but it's one of these things you must do daily daily meditation daily meditation I mean meditation is exactly self-discipline training for your mind that's what it is that's exactly what you're doing when you meditate you are disciplining your mind you're clearing your mind you're calming your mind you're focusing your mind and when you do you will be in quite a battle quite a battle as all the distracting thoughts come up and all possibly crazy emotions and images and all kinds of stuff uh, and you f- keep fight 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 and you keep fighting through it and you just do it every day it's hard this is a battle I'm trying to fight now I'm, and right now I'm losing I, I'm not doing it every day I, I'm not doing I, I know I should do it every day I want to do it every day I know it's beneficial I know it's the right thing to do and yet many days laziness wins distractions win frustrations win ah. and that brings me back into you know, t- to the final thing which is uh, a quote from Shakespeare once more into the breach once more into the breach famous quote from Shakespeare Henry V there's a big battle and there's a breach it's a hole in the wall okay it's like they're attacking a castle right and the attackers Henry and the English are attacking the castle and they make a big hole in the wall but still they're trying to fight they're trying to get into the castle and it's hard to get through that hole right because the I think it's the French are on the other side and they're they're fighting and it's really tough and they try they try to get through that hole the breach they try to get through it but then they all run back it's too difficult the French are winning and they try and they keep losing so they're all losing right? their, their confidence his Henry's army they're starting to lose their strength and their confidence and then Henry gives that speech and he says once more into the breach right it means once again attack again attack again and the, the idea is that okay you fail once you go you try again you fail twice you try again you fail a third time you attack again it's just it's just raw tough persistence you just don't quit no matter how many times you fail you keep fighting the battle and eventually you'll break through eventually you'll make some progress eventually you will develop more discipline and things will get better but maybe you have to lose five times maybe you got to lose ten times maybe you got to lose a hundred times first and that's one method. That's the method I'm using with meditation. And I, I so when everything else fails in my life, that's the method I use. <laughs> when when I try other things and I just keep uh, losing, I just say, "Okay, fine. <sighs> I lost again." And I'll just <sighs> take a deep breath and try again the next day. Try again the next day, and then I'll go, and then I'll, I'll get distracted or I'll fail, and my self-discipline, I'll lose it, and then. All right, once more into the breach and attack again. Do it again. Try it again. 
And you know what? As long as you don't quit, as long as you just keep pushing yourself, okay, you lose and maybe you take a few days and uh, you get frustrated and then you come back again, right? Things, you do this for things in your life that are very important. It's hard to do it with everything in your life, right? Because it takes a lot of energy to do this. So I can't, I don't do it with everything in life, but a few things that are very, very important to me. And I realize that it's a decision. It's something I really need to do. Uh, this is what I do. I'll just keep attacking it. This is what I've always done with fitness, for example, physical fitness in my life. There have been many different periods of my life where I'll get lazy, I get distracted, and oh, I'll get lazy for maybe a week or two. And then I'll just, uh, and I'll just the next day, I'll, uh, come on, do something. And I'll just push myself to make some little effort, go for a walk, anything. And then sometimes, oh, I still feel lazy. And then the next day, uh, okay, tr- again, again. And I'll just keep doing it with just some small little effort. It seems terrible. I keep, seems like I'm losing. It seems like no progress at all. And then finally, after doing this, sometimes for months, finally, there'll be a change. Something just changes inside. It seems like like I suddenly gained some extra strength. I suddenly gained some self-discipline. It's like my uh, my crazy weaknesses or something just finally say, "Oh my God, this guy's never gonna quit. Let's let him have. Let's let him win this one." <laughs> and then suddenly I'll find, ah, oh, now suddenly I feel a motivation to exercise. Suddenly it feels easy. In fact, I can even start feeling like I really, really, really want to do it. And then it can become a positive addiction. And then I just enjoy that and go with it. But I'll know, you know, again, something will break up my schedule. Usually it's travel for me, where I'll travel somewhere and suddenly all of my good habits of eating and exercise get broken for a while. And then, uh, then I'm back to being lazy and it's, uh, oh my God, again, once more into the breach. <laughs> Start again. It's the, the Zen... Teachers have a, a similar idea. It's, uh, what's it called? Seven times down, eight times up, or six times down, seven times up. Basically, that if you fall down, you, get, you just keep getting up. And if you fall down ten times, well, then you just get up ten times or eleven times. If you start on the ground, then you, you just, every time you fall down, you just keep getting up. That's the only answer sometimes. Is you just uh, all right again, and you just keep battling and battling and battling, and sometimes that is the way to do it too. So we got you know meditation. If you can do that, do it as much as you can. Even if you can only do it sometimes, just get yourself to do it. You can take the steps and just go, keep going. Take the first steps and just let the crazy emotions come. And the final thing is, if you just can do nothing else works once more into the breach dear friends good luck to you in all your battles lots of love to you see you next time as always join my VIP program join my VIP program learn English with me at effortlessenglishclub.com EffortlessEnglishClub.com